2: cross the fucking line. I don't give a fuck who you are, that's the way it is. You know, I waved him down, motherfucking he picked me up, it was over. I got it in me to do what I gotta do. Show me your hands! Don't you move! Don't you move! Hands up! Put your
3: hands up! This is Shattered Souls. I'm your host, Karen Smith. This podcast contains graphic language and is not suitable for children. You want to hear the whole detail? Can you handle it? Robert Peterson brutally killed his stepfather, Roy Andrews, a retired police officer. When we left off of episode three, I promised you that I would play the recording from the covert vehicle during a sting operation using a drug dealer named Jimmy Jackson who was cooperating with police. Robert couldn't wait to brag about it to the first person he thought he could trust. And police were counting on this meeting with Jackson to get him to admit details of that crime. And it didn't take long. The homicide detectives taped a wire to Jimmy Jackson's chest and put the battery pack in his pocket. They set him off to the Waffle House in the covert vehicle to park and wait for Robert Peterson to pull up. The following is the actual recording between Jimmy Jackson and Robert Peterson that night. You'll hear Jimmy Jackson announce that Robert Peterson just pulled up in an expedition, and then he goes into his role as a police informant. Please listen with care.
4: Hey, hey, come right now. He in the, uh, he's in a, an um, expedition. He's in an expedition. What up? What I what I did I killed two birds in one. I killed two birds in one stone. Yeah. That's why I say be the fourteen. Okay. That's why I say. Uh, um. Hey, I'm just gonna let y'all split that. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, uh, uh. You know, I had to do what uh, I had to do, man. I mean, I, I, I mean ass whatever ass. you, I mean, whatever you did, that's your business. but, that's right. I, had but I'm say, I had to do
2: what I had to no do, all over
4: me, man. They all over me. But you know what? But I'm saying, like I told but you I'm, but, I'm, but I'm saying, I'm shocked. But how did you do it?
3: that is the voice of a terrified man put yourself in the shoes of jimmy jackson for a moment you're wired you're sitting in a covert vehicle with someone you know is a stone-cold killer there's a microphone on your chest and the onus is on you to get this man to admit details to the police who are listening live can you blame him for being scared
4: the way it was man you need me to get you need me me to get rid of it for you no it's gone it's made, made all it?
2: that's shit gone everything's clean they ain't got no evidence okay only evidence they got is a couple of motherfucking fingerprints and them fingerprints are covered they covered. hey let's go i'm gonna go do i'm gonna go fucking get locked up but i got my ass covered okay the best time i do is five
3: did you hear that he said the best time i do is five meaning he thought he was only going to get five years in prison if he was found guilty of this crime. The hubris is staggering. And he kept talking.
4: I told About you it, I could do it. I'm I just didn't saying, want to do it. Did, but I'm saying, what time? Was it morning, late night, or No, it was
2: broad motherfucking daylight, baby. Every motherfucking...
4: Hey, I told you I had to do what I had but, to do.
2: I had to do what I had to do, man. You know understand that, okay? I got it in me to do what I got
4: to do. It was nine it was forty-five. It was nine
2: forty-five
4: in the fucking morning. Okay. I mean, know, but I'm saying, I didn't hear nobody said mm-hmm. they heard. They heard uh... any shots or
2: anything.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't shot anything. So you know. Uh-uh. So. Uh-huh.
2: You know he did. No. Yeah. What? Yeah. He was retired. Ah, damn. Hey, you cross a fucking line. I don't give a fuck who you are. That's the way it is. I don't care. I told you that night. I I don't give a fuck if I I do time. You understand? I I don't give a fuck if I do time.
4: So, so, so what you did, you just waited for for one more.
2: Oh, fuck. No, I waved him down. Motherfucking, he picked me up. It was over. BAH! On Emerson? Right, motherfucking, and. Not on Amazon. Uh-huh. Goddamn cemetery, baby. Oh, I've been say, I've been to the city. took to the bitch I've, to the cemetery. I've been to say, goddamn hey, on Emerson, yeah. That's why I told you I said, I my said, telephone I was said, gone. I said when you my telephone, to, my telephone was gone. They confiscated my whole goddamn room at, Ma- at Masters. They they confiscated the motherfucker. Of. They pegged me right off the bat, but they ain't got shit on me. They ain't got nothing
4: on me. Is I'm the, still out. The, but the main thing is the, no one knows about it. like your new girlfriend, your mother, your parents. I mean, your family, you can't trust nobody, man. You, I know, you know what you're saying. But, but you, you know, that, that should be your thing. I don't, that know, that, that I don't know a motherfucking you know? thing. You know, that, I it, don't know.
2: Like I told the man, him face to face with me, fucking Detective Valentine Homicide, he's sitting right here, I'm sitting right here. I, you know, I'm crying, I'm upset, you yeah, know. You put the fool game on I, it. I said, man, this is the wrong time to ask me any questions. I'm bawling, I said, I'm I bawling, said you I'm I putting, I you They the pulled a the gunpowder test on me, they pulled the whole, they took my clothes, They took every stitch of clothes I had. Underwear, socks, everything, they took everything. I signed consents to my room. I signed consents to my truck. I signed consents to my room at my mom's house. They searched every fucking thing. They took everything they wanted. I said, let me tell you, it was done and over. What I had was gone, done, deal. You know what I'm saying? The powder test passed. I had nothing on me. I'm clean. I fucked up a little bit there, but I do have that covered. But how your phone got fucked up?
1: The motherfuckers
2: you, you, you took bro, my goddamn phone. Damn, they man. They took my, it was in my fucking motel room.
4: My phone was Now there. I gotta, now I probably.
2: That's why I wanted nah, to let you know. Now,
4: now, anybody that call you, they gotta change their phone on, man. Nobody, nobody That's call me. That's why I told you what? to watch out for that number. Oh, oh, because you didn't have that in the number. Because I told you my phone was
2: gone. Oh, I didn't want to go into you, detail. Yeah, I figured you had lost you know, But right I then I couldn't go into detail. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I couldn't say nothing. Right now, especially,
4: especially I told something.
2: you if my number comes up, fuck it. Yes. I'm not there. Yes. Yes. I got a new cell phone. I am fixing to drop this motherfucker and get another one. For sure. I mean one after another. I got for sure. I for can't sure. I can't trust nothing, nobody. Hell no as far as an alibi, you know, da-da-da. We got cameras at Master's Inn. I played it all to the T. You know what I'm saying? Everything's covered under cameras, where I'm supposed to be at the time. da 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 Everything's covered. I mean, I had to do it quick, but I had to do it, and that's the way it was.
3: Yeah, there were cameras at Master's Inn, the same ones that showed him leaving the morning of Roy Andrews' murder, wearing the black ball cap left at the scene, and returning a couple of hours later without it. He thought that he had covered all the forensics. He thought he had covered all of his bases. He couldn't have been more wrong.
2: And this motherfucker, see, he wanted me, see, he wanted me to come down here this afternoon and talk to him, Detective Valentine. But you already talked to him, didn't you? Yeah, but he wants to close, you know, he wants to come up with this closure shit. So I went drinking. Well, as long as you're in the influence, they can't ask you no questions. You know what I'm saying? They can't ask you no questions if you've been drinking. You know what I'm saying? Okay. They can't do that. Anything you say is inadmissible in court if you've been drinking. You see what I'm saying? So as long as I stay fucking a little buzz going, they yeah. can't hold nothing against you. Yeah, me. I gotta
4: change I gotta I gotta change this change, phone I would, tomorrow. Honestly. Do anybody that. and and anybody do that is talking to you on a friendship basis should yeah. change their phone too. That's what I've you got know?
2: everybody doing.
4: You That's know? why I change,
2: it, change and it, I couldn't explain that to you the other day because I had to state I don't know who's listening. And I done shook them motherfuckers. I mean, I know who's following me, I, know, I don't know them all, but I know how to shake a tail, okay? Yeah. And when I know I got, t- I mean, that the, the night you see me at gate, man, I done went all the way to my motherfucking ball with them back. Nah, damn bro. you riding
4: your ass off, man. Well, I, you
2: don't want the bitches back I there said, damn, shaking.
4: You riding your ass off, Goddamn.
2: And now see what I'm driving?
4: Yeah, I, I'm looking for by the red truck or the green honey.
2: No, they took the red truck from me.
4: Oh, Lord. They got
2: that bitch down there ballistic. Hey, I
4: wasn't,
2: in that. Nah, I wasn't damn. in that. I wasn't in that. I wasn't in that. I signed it over. Take the motherfucker. Go ahead on.
4: You might have to do a 007 VIP car or something, or a truck or something, man. Ooh, that bitch is on fire and gone. Set on fire. Set that
2: motherfucker on fire the same motherfucking day. Woo! Gone. Crushed and gone. And bald? Crushed and gone. Crushed and gone. That bitch is fucking scrap steel right now. Mm -hmm. I drove the bitch up there. They picked it up, stuck it in the crusher, and away it went. Okay, I, my own ass. I got That's the right. whole ass, man. Damn. Okay. I motherfucking drove out there. Um, you want to hear the whole details? Can you handle it? Hey
4: man, I, okay. hey. I got me. a weak stomach. I throw uh, up on no, you, but just, there. you want to b- b- brief me on what you okay. did?
2: I motherfucking
4: was... But how but you flag him down?
2: I was on the side of Emerson. He left fucking the place. Like you broke him. down? Like I was broke down. I
4: was walking. The goddamn you, cameras I'm on saying, the when you hit him with the brass, you had to pop him with the piece with the pistol. Yeah. He wouldn't die with the brass knuckles?
2: Man, you ain't my wife. Hell no, man. Fuck Come that, on, man. man. Goddamn. And the man that I was working for says I was there from 9 o'clock to 11 o'clock. And from 11 o'clock to 12 o'clock, I ate lunch. And from twelve o'clock to one o'clock, I sat at my mama's house when they came and in informed us he got killed. man. And I'm, I'm I'm busted up, man. They load me up and take me downtown, right off fucking back. Because you crying? No, because I'm the number one suspect. They
4: take I, ain't in, I ain't know you I ain't know you was even standing. How you gonna be number one suspect?
2: Because I'm the motherfucker that went to record. Okay, I got the badass record in the family. You know what I'm saying? Yep. All right, hey, the girl that got killed on Phillips Highway, Yeah. I got accused for that. I went through all that fucking involuntary manslaughter charges and all that and beat it. So Damn. They said I throwed her out in front of a car. So what, you know? Hey, maybe it happened like that, maybe it didn't. Shit's got to happen sometimes the way shit's got to happen. If she still was alive... I thought she
4: was just drinking and just watered out there, I Yeah, think. I didn't think that. With that one woman... An old lady hit her, some shit laid down. Okay.
2: Yeah, well, old lady did hit her, but she tripped and fell in the fucking highway, didn't she? Like yeah. I said, I got to go to court, I'm going to have to hire a lawyer, I'm going to have to beat the case, but I'm pretty sure, hey, they have no evidence,
4: they have no evidence. You got to get, get you a good one, man. Oh, I'm, I'm, I got to
2: find me one right now. Yeah. I'm hunting one right now, before yeah. it even happens. I want to be ready when they come get me. They ain't fucking with me right now, they go going to fuck with me when the funeral's over, that's when they go going to slam me. That's when they go slam They might not even
4: bother you. They, ain't, they don't question anybody, they
2: might not even bother them. Uh, they go uh, come on man, they go slam some fucking body. This is they, they dropped half flag at fucking police memorial building, put the black ribbon over the door, got it all over the fucking news. There's nine fucking homicide detectives working on this motherfucker. They are damn determined to get to who it is. Okay? Uh, uh, damn. Okay. See what I'm saying? We picked out the casket today. Made arrangements. I gotta go tomorrow and get his plot. I mean, it's hard when it hits home like this, you know what I'm saying? Yeah.
3: The detectives, parked in the shadows, had heard enough at this point. It was time to take Robert Peterson into custody. They had primed Jimmy Jackson and told him to go with the flow. They didn't want to tip off Robert Peterson that Jimmy had been wired, so they took them both down at gunpoint.
4: Don't
2: move! Show me your hand! Show me your hand! Show me your hand! Don't you move! Don't you move! Hands up! Put your hands up! got them? I got them. Either one of you fellas move, do you understand me? Do you understand? Yeah. Fuck shit,
4: dude. You
2: got this
1: car? One female in this car? Yeah. Hold on one second. second. Don't move, don't move. Anybody moving? Hands on the ground, straight down. Show him your hands now!
3: They couldn't let Robert know that he was an informant, even though it was fairly obvious at that point that something had been wired, whether it was Jimmy or whether it was the truck or whether they'd both been set up. And when Jimmy Jackson was finally handcuffed and taken away, he was really upset. He was in the back of a patrol car and he was talking with one of the homicide detectives. And although you could hear the fear in his voice when he was talking to Robert Peterson in the car, you can hear the sadness and the regret and the disbelief in his voice when it was all over.
4: Everything's 77, everything's okay. Talked about that man. Damn, hey, yes, sat he didn't talk about that man. Daddy, Yeah. how he did it when he. Tell me, tell me what. He said he flagged him down. He said he flagged him down. Where at? At the. Walking the, the way he knew he was gonna come home, the way he knew he was he was gonna come. And he told him his truck was broke down at the graveyard. Another body there too. Oh, yeah. The girl that got killed on Phil Highway that time. Oh, yeah. He said it on that too. He said he put the body on top of the body that he already put there. That guy's a cold killer, man. Did they? What did, he, what did he tell you? Just tell me what he said. He said, "If you strong enough? He said, If you're strong enough for it. So, you know, I want to get him into it. You know, don't tell me all of it. Just tell me so much. But then once he got it, once he got the cranking, he said he flagged him down because he knew the way he was going to come for the Dr. Moth. Because I asked him, I said, how you, where well, you did that, on Emerson? No, I blacked that motherfucker down. And he, and he ain't even where my truck was. I thought I broke down, close by the cemetery. Mm-hmm. Then he, say, say so he hit him in the eye with the brass
1: knuckles. Then say he shot him,
4: because he said he tried to fight him back. So he knocked his eye out his head. Were they in the cemetery at that time? Yeah, he said he did in the cemetery. He said, when y'all came to I, 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 I arrest him, he said, when y'all came to arrest him, when y'all came to the house, y'all got fingerprints down. But he said, all well, oh, y'all got a fingerprint down. But he got a cover story because because his nose was, was bleeding the day before, whatever, whatever. He had to help him out with his nose bleeding. Hmm. So, so, evidently, he killed him in his vehicle. He killed him in the, in the, in the guy's vehicle. All because of the money? had to be. I can't believe this, you know, man. This man actually sat down and bragged about that man. Because I thought he did it with a pistol. But he did it with brass knuckles. Then a pistol, because he said, he said he wouldn't die. That's cool, man. That's cool.
3: Homicide Detective Eileen Simpson was in a covert car that night, parked around the corner, listening to the conversation.
1: He hopped in the car and started talking. Part of the conversation when he has with Jimmy, where he talks about shooting Roy and then hitting him in his his head and making that noise. It sounds like when you thump a melon, that noise. I will never be able to get that out of my head. And then knowing, my immediate mind went to seeing Roy laying there on the ground on the side of the road, in his work clothes, with blood streaming down the gutter, all I could think is, what is wrong with this guy to take this man's life that's done nothing to him? This was a good human being, and you just treated him like trash, and you're just so nonchalant about it that you're just telling this random drug dealer how you just killed somebody.
3: On that wiretap tape, you also heard Robert Peterson mention the death of his ex-girlfriend. Well, what you didn't hear was part of it that was redacted when I received the file. You heard him say that he lured Roy Andrews to the cemetery. You also heard him say that his ex-girlfriend, quote-unquote, tripped and fell in the highway. Well, what you didn't hear was Robert Peterson in that confession tape also say, I stacked him double. What he meant was, when he lured Roy to the cemetery, he lured him to the place where his ex-girlfriend had been buried over a year prior, and he killed Roy Andrews on top of his ex-girlfriend's grave. In other words, he stacked him double. She did not trip and fall on the roadway, at least in my opinion. However, the homicide detectives and the state attorney, upon hearing that, reopened her case, and they looked for witnesses. They looked for any further evidence that would show that Robert Peterson may have just admitted to a second murder. Unfortunately, when they looked at the case file, there was nothing in there that would allow them to reopen the case for manslaughter or homicide against Robert Peterson. So back to the Roy Andrews murder case. Early that next morning, my phone rang. It was the lead detective. And he said, I need you to come down to the office now. I said, what's going on? He goes, just come to my office. So I did. And I walked through the doors. And he was standing by his desk. And I said, what's going on? What's the matter? And he told me that they had Robert Peterson in custody. And I smiled. And he said, not so quick. Here. And he handed me a set of headphones. I said, what's this? And he goes, Just sit at my desk and listen. So I put the headphones on and I sat down at his desk and he pushed play on the recording device. And I sat there and listened to the same thing that just a few hours earlier they had heard live. After a while, he came back and I was just sitting there with a glazed look on my face. And he said, what'd you think? What did I think? Um, dude, I don't know what to think. I'm dumbfounded, I'm disgusted, it makes me sick. And he said, yeah, we weren't really expecting all of that. And he said, do the forensics match up with what he's saying? I said, yeah. The forensics did match. We had Roy Andrews' truck and the bloodstains inside told the story that everything that happened to Roy happened either inside or just outside that truck. We had the blood spatter on Roy Andrews' arms that showed a defensive position when he was fending off the brass knuckle blows by Robert Peterson. We had the projectile in the glove box and the fact that it had traveled through Roy before ending up there. The supposed nosebleed that Roy Andrews had the night before that we knew was a complete crock. We had the ball cap. We had all kinds of forensics and everything that we had Every theory that we had proposed was founded by Robert Peterson's own words. After Robert Peterson was arrested and thrown in jail, Bond was denied and the case languished for a few years in the pre-trial process as depositions were taken and defense attorneys were assigned and reassigned to his case. And finally, after four years, the trial took place in August of 2009. The prosecution presented all of the physical evidence And the jury watched the video surveillance footage from the hotel hallway that showed Robert Peterson exiting about 6 in the morning wearing the black ball cap found at the crime scene and then returning shortly after the murder without it. Timelines were scrutinized. The confession tape from the wiretap was played to the jury. And they sat, stunned at what they were hearing. The medical examiner testified and showed photographs of the horrific injuries to Roy Andrews' head and face and how Roy would have survived for several minutes in tremendous amounts of pain before the fatal shot was fired through his brainstem. And on the third day of direct testimony, I was called to the stand, and I couldn't wait to give my testimony. The first thing the prosecutor did was he brought out Roy's shirt that we had tacked to the cardboard the day of his murder. And I came out of the witness box and I pointed to the gunshot residue on his shirt collar and some of the bloodstains on his shirt. And the prosecution moved forward to the bloodstains on his forearms. And I pointed out to how that would be a defensive posture on the part of Roy to fend off the blows from the brass knuckles. And I watched the jurors and I watched their faces and they were scowling, they were, they were pissed. I think they were just as pissed off as we were. And after I got through all the physical evidence, I'm not going to go through everything, but suffice it to say that the jurors were sitting in their chairs and most of them were just staring Robert Peterson down. They were mad. And I think that they were antsy to get into the deliberation room. I still had the defense to contend with and it wasn't going to be pleasant. The defense attorney postured at the lectern and smiled at me. And that was not a gesture lost on me. I wasn't quite sure what he had up his sleeve, but I was prepared and unafraid. And the first thing that the defense attorney did was brought up the evidence collected at the cemetery that day. He skipped over the ball cap, the things that were inculpatory against his client. And he skipped over to the extraneous garbage that I had collected that was a little bit removed from the scene. And he focused on that cigarette butt that was pointed out to me. And at that point, I went, God damn it. I had a funny feeling this was going to be a problem. Good afternoon, detective. Did you collect a cigarette butt at the cemetery? Yes. And had that cigarette been smoked? And I said, well, it was just the butt, so I would assume so. I knew it. Sometimes collecting extraneous evidence can introduce evidence that is not of the crime at hand, but extraneous to the scene that can muddy the waters. That cigarette butt had nothing to do with Roy Andrews' murder. And now the defense attorney was going to try to spin that and take out all of the evidence that we had collected and all the work that we had done and spin it to his advantage. And I should have pushed back harder at the scene, and I knew it. But now it was too late, and I just had to answer honestly, regardless of the consequences. And the defense attorney asked, What can agencies discover from a cigarette butt? And I said, Well, you can get DNA from the saliva on the end, and I don't think it would be out of the question to get a partial fingerprint from the paper. So the purpose of collecting it, for putting it into a bag, is to send it somewhere to get it tested, is that right? Well, sure. And they would look for DNA from saliva, fingerprints, things like that? Right. And he continued. Now, this occurred in August of 2005, right? Right. That's a summer month, right? Yes. It's hot out? Yes. And when it's hot out, people perspire, right? Yes. And if a person is perspiring, is it more or less likely that you could get a print from them, he asked. And then he turned his back to me. And when lawyers turn their back on you, that is a gesture that is meant to elicit some contempt, some indignation from the witness. Please, I'd been around the block a few times, and you can't let things like that get to you. But here's the deal you have to answer honestly. And he asked me if people perspire more in the summertime. Well, yeah, people do. But then what he asked was if people perspire more, is it more or less likely that you would get a print from them? Well, this was a leading question, and it was nonsense. And honestly, It deserved a clap back. Unfortunately for me, professionalism takes precedence over being witty in court, and I had to answer proficiently rather than just telling the defense attorney to shove the cigarette butt up his ass, which is exactly what I wanted to do. So my answer was, all I can tell you is that perspiration is one of the mediums that leaves fingerprints behind, but I can't quantify how much or how little would leave a smear versus a print, I have no idea. And the defense attorney continued with a few more questions about photographs, and the truck, and then he was finished. No further questions, Your Honor. Imagine for a moment that you are serving on this jury. At this point, you've heard about Roy's injuries, and you've seen the photographs. You've heard from the homicide detectives who explained their investigation and how they got Robert Peterson to admit to the crime. You've heard about the black ball cap found at the scene that Robert Peterson admitted was his. You've seen the photographs of Roy's truck and the bloodstains all over the seat and the windows and the glove box. You've held the envelope containing the bullet that traveled through Roy's head, killing him. After all of that, the defense attorney tries to toss a wrench into the machine by introducing a single cigarette butt pushing the idea that there may have been some anonymous person at the cemetery that day that just carelessly tossed it on the ground by a garbage can and that we happened to collect to be on the side of caution. If you were serving on that jury, would that have made a difference to you? I hope not. The impaneled jury didn't give it any credence. It took them less than two hours to find Robert Peterson guilty of first degree murder. And that was a bittersweet verdict. Roy Andrews was gone, but citizens could rest knowing that the killer was going to stay behind bars forever. Robert Peterson was remanded to Florida's death row and he subsequently appealed his sentence. Florida passed a new law that dictates that in order for a death sentence to be carried out, the original jury from the trial must have come to a unanimous decision to impose that death sentence. In this case, the decision was 7 to 5. So Robert Peterson's original sentence was overturned in July of 2017 to life in prison with no possibility of parole. To Roy Andrews, thank you for your service. The others will keep the watch.
2: Is the
3: new real opening and underscore music by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, closing music by Sam Johnson at SamJohnsonLive.com. All rights reserved by Angel Heart Productions.
0: Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom with the new Dexcom G7.
3: Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
1: Is getting gas at Shell burning a hole in your wallet? Get the Drop app. With Drop, you can earn free gift cards just by filling up your tank. Download Drop now. Use code DROP88 to instantly receive $5 in points.